there have been times where I have said to my husband, you know, I kind of feel like today somebody rubbed sandpaper on my soul. You know, there's just, it just feels really, there's just pain. Like I, and I don't always know how to deal with that. And so, you know, I talk to him, I pray, I do my own version of journaling that I um, have talked about before in the past. And, you know, it's funny because this just stands out to me as a way to, for the less than the price of a box of Mm -hmm. (laughs) band-aids, literally put balm in a band-aid right on that raw soul, because it's really, truly through the word of God using words, Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool, Tim. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Moglin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. Today, I want to share with you a conversation I recently had with my friend Katie King. This conversation will be a little bit different than what you're accustomed to hearing on this podcast because I was the one being interviewed. I was privileged to be on Katie's podcast, Her Home and Heart. You might remember Katie was on this show in episode 78. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I'll include a link to it in the show notes. Katie's audience is made up of parents of special needs children. One of the things parents of special needs children desire just happens to be the same thing adoptive parents have told me they want. That thing is respite. In this interview, I share how it is possible to achieve respite through journaling. The other reason I wanted to share this interview with you is because I found during the back and forth between Katie and myself, there were things that came out of that conversation. Different ways to describe and consider how journaling can help special needs parents and adoptive parents achieve respite. You've already heard one of the things that came out of that conversation in the introduction. Pain is like someone rubbing sandpaper on your soul. This method I'm going to discuss is like a balm for your soul. It has encouraged me and I believe will encourage you too. Grab a pen and paper and let's get to my conversation with Katie. Welcome back today. I am so excited to have with me Tim Maudlin. He is an incredible adoptive father husband, somebody that I met in a mentorship, um, like mastermind program for podcasting and has just brought so much to the group. And I'm so just excited for you to hear his heart and hear from him today. He's a Bible class teacher. He's a journaler and he's an ambassador of encouragement. He hosts 
the top 2.5% globally ranked podcast, Anchors of Encouragement, which is a podcast that offers biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. And I have sent many adoptive parents his way and the feedback from every single one has been, this podcast is incredible. So if you are an adoptive parent or you know someone who has adopted or is thinking about it, send them over, go look up Anchors of Encouragement on Apple or any of the platforms and send them over to listen to Tim. Tim enjoys hiking, playing cards with his friends, and designing and printing t-shirts. So, Tim, thanks for coming today. Well, thank you, Katie. I'm really excited to be here. And as I've told others in our group, you're my pod sister. And so uh, <laughs> I was I was the only gentleman in our group, but uh, you ladies made me feel right at home. And so I'm really happy to be here to talk about something that I think can help a lot of uh, parents with special needs children today. Yeah. And you have a background of having had a homeschooling family as well. You mm-hmm. have raised kiddos who through adoption have experienced and lived out a lot of the special needs journey, um, very similarly to what I and my family go through. So, yeah. So I wanted to, um, just hear a little more of your story. Like, can you tell everybody like, why did you start this podcast that you have and what's brought you to where you share your heart to encourage people so regularly? That's a good question because I came into podcasting kicking and screaming. (laughs) I wasn't viewing myself as a potential podcaster at all, but I have felt led to it. And primarily because of what my wife and I have been through with our adoptive children. Um, We were blessed to adopt two boys. And we adopted both boys as infants. And especially with the oldest one, we noticed fairly soon after we got him that something wasn't right. But we couldn't put our finger on it. We asked other parents. We asked professionals. And no one really could tell us what was going on with him. We thought, incorrectly thought, that when we got a baby at birth, that we were working with a blank slate. But we came to find out later, we came to find out later that he was born with what is called adoption trauma, something he experienced in the womb. And he has given me permission to talk about it. Things were difficult because everything we tried as parents, nothing seemed to work. We tried to raise him how we were raised. We, as I said, asked other parents. We sought professional counseling. Nothing worked. It escalated to the point that when he was a teenager, it became necessary to send him to residential treatment. And it was there that we discovered this whole idea of adoption trauma and what that means. And having him graduate from that program and then moving out on us at 18 it's just now within the last year or so he's 22 now that we're starting to have a relationship that we wanted to have all along Mm. and the reason i decided to do this podcast is because my wife and i found that when we were going through these difficult challenges with him that there weren't other people talking about it 
the things that we discovered about adoption trauma weren't being discussed at all. We thought we were educated to the point where we knew how to navigate some of the challenges. We knew there would be challenges, but we didn't know of this kind of a challenge. And because of that, and because of the way, unfortunately, some people treated us, we felt like we were shamed into the shadows. And I decided that after knowing what worked for him and how he was able to start to navigate his own adoption trauma, that other parents need to get this information as well. And I have been able to, from a biblical mindset uh, position, able to encourage other parents, other adoptive parents, as to how they can navigate these challenges. And in my podcast, I bring experts in to talk about some of the things I'm not equipped to talk about, but I can speak to what I saw work for him and what I can read in scripture that can help him and adoptive parents. Hmm. I can really identify with the idea of being shamed into the shadows. It's almost like a modern day leprosy. And Mm -hmm. a lot of um, the special needs parents listening are probably saying, yep, we, we really get that. So this idea of journaling as respite, um, this is something that you actually discovered during these hardships, right? Mm-hmm. And having talked to a number of adoptive parents, that's one of the things they say they need the most. They need respite. And you and I have talked, and that's something that special needs parents need as well is respite. Yeah. It's something that people on the outside, not see, not understanding what we're going through, they don't know that we really need this respite. So there's things that that friends can do for us, from family can do for us, but there are things that we can do for ourselves in order to achieve, achieve this respite. And the one thing I want to talk to your group about today is this idea of journaling as respite. Now, there's a backstory to this because I am going to throw myself under the bus because when I was, when we took our son to residential treatment, he was angry. His eyes were full of of hate. He was just so upset. Not that he hated us, but he hated himself. And after a few weeks in residential, we noticed from looking at pictures and then after we got to visit with him that his eyes were starting to lighten up. And we saw a twinkle back in them. And I asked his therapist, I said, what is going on with him? And she said, he's learning to like himself. And I said, well, tell me what he's doing. Well, first off, when I heard he didn't like himself, that broke my heart because he had been showered with love from day one with us, but he did not like himself. We didn't know that. But I said, How, what's he doing to like himself? And she said, well, he's journaling. And I said, he's doing what? <laughs> because my wife homeschooled our boys, just like you're a homeschooling mom. And whenever it came time for any kind of writing assignment, he would cry because he hated to write, just absolutely hated it and would not do it. But in residential treatment, he was forced to do it. So here's where my ignorance really revealed itself, because I said, "Okay, explain this to me, because in my mind, journaling is something a high school teenage girl does in a diary. That was my understanding of it at the time. And she said, no, 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 that's, it's more than that. 
And here's what she told me. She said, you can think of feeling, you can speak of feeling, but if you want to touch a feeling, you need to write. By journaling, he was able to touch feelings that he could, couldn't even put words to. But journaling, he was able to start to understand why he was feeling the way he was feeling. And to this day, he's even talked with this, me on the podcast about it. He still journals. He has a little different approach to it. He likes to write song lyrics, but that's fine. If it's a way for him to touch those feelings, I want to keep encouraging him to do that. But after discovering what it did for him, and I saw the effect it was having on him, and because I wanted to be an example for he and his brother, I took up the practice myself and had discovered that indeed it can be a form of respite for adoptive parents. There's a quote from a young teenage girl who would be in her 90s if she was still alive today, Anne Frank. She said, paper is more patient than people. There are things you can say to a piece of paper that you can't say to other people. Things you shouldn't say to other people. And so what I would like to do is to go through some things that I've discovered with this, this process of how respite can, through journal, or how journaling can lead to respite. So do you have any questions for me before I continue? No, I'm so excited. Actually, my notebook out and I hope everyone else hits pause right now and goes and gets your notebook and take notes because the community of moms and dads who have special needs kids, you know, it's easy to lose touch with who we are. It's easy to get into that place where we don't know what we love anymore and we don't know how to find respite and most people don't understand how to help. So I'm really looking forward to this. Okay. Well, and I, I think I messaged you this morning that I was up, uh, what it was, 2.50 this morning, somewhere in there. I couldn't sleep because I, I journal every day. And getting up as early as I did, I was able to clear my head and then go back to sleep because this process works. And so what I what I like to do is to to take this concept of respite, and I'm going to funnel the idea of journaling through it. We've already talked about paper being more patient than people. One of the things that you can do with journaling to achieve respite is to reboot your mind. Because the journaling process, you you get to touch those feelings. And a lot of a lot of adoptive parents, and I'll just pull my journal out because I was going through this this morning. A lot of adoptive parents, they're going to feel restless. Sometimes things happen in our day-to-day lives that you feel a little rattled. Uh, You might even be exhausted, stressed out. You might be perplexed. You might even be irritable, uh, troubled, or exasperated. Those are all feelings that are not uncommon for adoptive parents and special needs parents. Mm -hmm. So it becomes necessary to reboot your mind. You have all these things going through your mind. So the first thing, how can you reboot your mind? Well, you need to empty empty the garbage. And the way you do that is with paper. There is no 
wrong way to journal. There's only the right way to do it, W-R-I-T-E. And what I like to do is, now sometimes when I empty the garbage, and what I mean by that is I'm writing whatever is bothering me at the moment. Sometimes those things stay in my journal. Sometimes those are going to go on a separate sheet of paper and I throw it away or I burn it because I have been upset to the point at times where I can say things to that piece of paper that I don't want other people to read later. So I empty the garbage. And as I said, this morning I woke up and my mind was racing. Now, it wasn't full of garbage this morning. It was full of all these ideas that I had for our interview today. So I woke up this morning and I emptied the garbage out in the sense that I wrote down everything I was thinking about. So I had all these different ideas that I wrote down for uh, our discussion today. Regardless, it's clearing your head out. It's emptying the garbage can. By doing that, what you are allowing to happen is you're going to start to renew your mind. Now, I'm going to share some passages here because in my podcast, I like to give my audience biblical mindset support. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Renew your mind. The only way you can start to renew your mind is to get the junk out to start with. So you get your get that stuff out. And then you the next thing is you set your mind on something else. Colossians 3 verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. When you need that respite and things in life are starting to get the best of you, set your mind on something eternal, something spiritual, those things that are above. Now, the reason I believe you do this, and I've already given you two passages, Romans and Colossians, there's one in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I believe the word of God is living. It's effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, and it can penetrate the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. The word of God has this ability to do things that I don't understand. But I start to set my mind, I start to renew my mind by focusing on Scripture. There's another passage that I really like, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Think on these things where Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, remember what I said earlier, you can think a feeling, you can speak a feeling, but if you want to touch a feeling, you need to write. Now, when I started thinking about how this worked out with journaling, God's really talked about this before. I didn't realize it until I started to make application of this in my life. Paul says, think on these things. But Solomon, the wisest individual, said, we need to be intentional about this. He says in Proverbs 3, 3, never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, one way you can write these things on the tablet of your heart is to actually write them down. Those are some things that, some ideas that 
helped me to understand how powerful uh, journaling can be. And then I have a, a personal example of how this can be done and how I've done it in myself and in my journals. But I want to pause because I've been been talking a lot, thrown some scriptures out there that I think really help to understand this concept. But I'll share with you what I've done to actually do this in my life. Yeah, this is amazing. I already have a good half page of notes. Um, Sometime in the last few months, I heard a woman who had gone through a lot of trouble and trial and trauma, and she was a believer. And she said, you have to have a process to process life. Mm -hmm. Has been on my mind a lot because I can't say that I have a very efficient process for processing life. And though I do, and like we were talking about earlier, do a little bit of journaling and that kind of thing. I'm actually really excited to try this and what you're describing right here, because Mm -hmm. this seems to me to fit the bill of what this other lady had said, a a process for processing life and through scripture, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, now the, the things that we've talked about so far, they aren't hard to do. A lot of people, me included, tend to get apprehensive and overthink, how are we going to journal? Now, the first thing about emptying the garbage, you know, rebooting your mind, just write ever whatever's coming up in your mind, whatever you're thinking about, whatever is upsetting you. But now I want to get to practical application with scripture. Because one of the things that ties in with the concept of the word of God being living. And one of the easiest ways to journal is to copy scripture. Now, what that does and what I've found that has done for me is that whenever you have to copy something, and when you think about before the printing press, that's how scripture was passed from one person to another. They had to copy it. When you have, when you take the time to copy something, you have to slow down, focus on the words as in the letters as you're copying them. This is what I've done in my journal. I was teaching the, the book of Psalms, not all of them, but several Psalms over the past six months. And I came across a few that just really spoke to me so much so that I took the time to copy them down. Here are the ones that I, that I wrote down in my journal. Psalm 143, verse 8. Now, these are things that I am writing on the tablet of my heart that I'm letting the word of God speak to me. They're allowing me to renew my mind and set my mind on things above. Psalm 143, verse 8. And when I say these verses, I'm going to read from different translations. Pick the translation that speaks most to you. I really like this one. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. This is from the NLT. I really love this verse because when you think about respite and the need for respite, if you could start each morning by hearing and understanding God's unfailing love for us, that's going to get you off to a good start. So. At old dark 30, I might be writing this verse down. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. You might even call this a paper prayer, because you can actually pray with paper. And that's what I like to do. 
The next one is Psalm 31, 14 through 15, or the middle part of 15, where the psalmist there says, But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God, my future is in your hands. I connected these two together because the first one in 143, the psalmist is saying, Show me where to walk because I'm giving myself to you. In Psalm 31, you are my God, my future is in your hands. You know, when life is getting overwhelming and we need that respite, if we surrender to God and give it to him, then a lot of the things that can really upset us don't affect us as much as they they could. You could go back to Philippians chapter four, prior to verse eight, verses six and seven, cast all your cares on God because he wants you to do it. And then you have that peace that surpasses understanding. And then the last one, Psalm 121, verses 1 through 4. And this is the one that really spoke to me with regards to respite. He says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. When I need respite, when I need to take a break, I can because I know my God is not going to be sleeping. He doesn't need to. He's got me. He's He's got my future in his hands. He's going to show me where to walk. I can take a break because he doesn't need to. Those three uh, scriptures from the Psalms, 143, uh, 31, and 121, have been some of the ones that have comforted me a lot lately that I have used for my own form of respite through journaling. This is amazing. And I actually had a really good idea that I'm really looking forward to going to try now (laughs) (laughs) from what you just said. So, I mean, this is so doable and apparent in, you know, my, my position, your position where we feel like we're often on overload, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's no opportunity to give to ourselves because everything is given to the children and the needs. And um, this is not something that takes a long time. Like you said, this is, no, and, and it's fulfill it, it empties and it fills so quickly and so richly and so deeply because it's also the word of God. Like you said, I mean, this is just amazing. There's something that occurred to me when I first discovered this idea of journaling and was digging into it deeper because I know you believe these passages that I've been reading to us. Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter three, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. There's so many things that is profitable for all scripture. And I thought, well, does God talk about journaling in scripture? Mm-hmm. And we looked at the verse in Proverbs chapter three, verse three, write them on the tablet of your heart. But then I got to thinking, and this was one of those aha moments for myself. But when you consider the Psalms, and I've given three different references to the book of Psalms, 143, 31, and 121. And I asked myself, well, how did those Psalms come into existence? Someone had to write them down. The author either dictated them or probably wrote them down themselves. And I believe since all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit was instructing these individuals what to write down. Now, what's the, I'm going to 
share one more psalm with you because this was one it's really short but it's psalm three and in this particular psalm david the historical context for this is david is running for his life from his son absalom david is a man in his late 50s early 60s absalom is late 20s early 30s absalom wants the throne and he is bringing his army to jerusalem and word gets to david you've got to get out of town and so he does he escapes listen to what david says he says oh lord i have so many enemies so many are against me so many are saying god will never rescue him but you O oh lord are a shield around me you're my glory the one who holds my head high i cried out to the lord he answered me from his holy mountain I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me from my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. What I just read there is exactly the same process that I talked about earlier. David is running for his life. And in the start of this psalm, he's talking about how dire and how bleak the situation was. And when you go back and look at this account in the book of Samuel, you see how difficult it was. People were taunting him. He knew people were trying to kill him. That's what he's saying here. There's so many enemies around him. And there's people who are saying, nobody's going to rescue me. But then he starts to remember. He says, oh, yeah, but you're my shield. So he's starting to set his things on, on things above, set his mind on things above. You're my shield. And it says, I cried out to the Lord again in verse four, and he answered me from his holy mountain. Verse five, he needed respite. He went to sleep. He could lay down and go to sleep that night, even though he knew what was going on because he could give it over to God who didn't need to sleep or slumber. And then he ends this, this psalm with praise to God. He says, okay, make sure you, you take care of me. But he says, victory comes from you. I've got my, put my trust in you. So these psalmists, David in particular in this one, he's a journaler. He has touched those feelings. He has given it over to God, and he was able to get the rest, but the rest he needed just by going through this process. That's amazing. (laughs) I've heard those verses so many times and never realized that, Tim. I didn't either. And that's the the coolest thing about it. And when when you look at the psalms in that light, and there's so many different ways to to view the psalms there's there's the psalms of gratitude where they're giving thanks there's so many different ones but he starts this one with the same pattern he got the garbage out of his mouth all this stuff that was bothering him then he started to replace it with what he knew to be true and then he said okay i can take a deep breath i can get some sleep Mm. that's what he went through and so he 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 used journaling to to process that difficult time in his life I love that. And I, I love too, that you said earlier, you know, you can start with just copying scripture mm-hmm. and you just get a whole bunch. So for someone who doesn't know how to start or how to do this, that would really kind of be like, you know, erasing the writer's block. You just immediately have something to write right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I tell people I don't do hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I try to keep things as simple as possible. So, you know, this daily doable is something you can Find a passage that speaks to you and copy it down because there's something 
there's something to be said for sitting with the text, letting it speak to you. And there's something about the process of pen to paper that helps to transfer the words on paper into your mind and you start to rewire yourself. And so it, it's really a cool process and it, it, it will work. It will give you respite and something you can do. If you only have five minutes, you know, have a notebook. I have these cheap notebooks you can buy at the dollar tree or dollar general, whatever dollar a piece. So it's not something that takes a lot of money. And I go through pens at an alarming rate, but, <laughs> yeah, I bet. but it's something you can do anytime, anywhere. You don't need a, the fancy stuff to do it. And so it's, I would encourage your audience to, to give this a try because I saw it work in my son. I can tell you that it works for me. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. What are the top questions people usually ask you when they want to get started on this? Well, you know, kind of like me is, well, why would I do that? You know, um, because, you know, I had the misconception of what it was. But then as I started to dig in deeper, there are some pretty famous people that have done this. And, you know, that that young girl that ended up in a concentration camp so many years ago, you know, she didn't know what she was. The kind of impact she was going to have, but it's one of those things where don't let the the apparatus the or the techniques to to trap you start with just copying something down i never i never start with any specific intention some days i'll just write something down or some days i'll pick up a book and say okay what's this particular book about or pick an email or something that i've gotten and I'll let that trigger an idea and I'll just go with it. But one thing that I've found is I'll wake up of a morning and some days I'll say, oh, I don't want to get up, but I'll get up. And after I've gone through maybe five minutes, maybe even 30 minutes of doing this, I always feel better. And so don't let fatigue get you. Don't let the the expensive stuff, because some people think you have to have this expensive stuff, these expensive journals, whatever to do. You don't need all that. Something simple, pen to paper. And it, it's something that I think your audience will really find effective. If they give it a try, give it a try. Yeah. Absolutely. I know so many parents have told me, and it's similar to our situation where you really can't get out to do the things that used to be the respite. Mm-hmm the enjoyable things, or as somebody told me, asked me today, you and I were talking about earlier, just, she's like, well, what's the one thing that you love so much that it feels like time stands still. And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't go do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. So I have to find something completely new that I can do here, no mm-hmm. matter how much chaos, how much medical stuff, no matter how much there is on my plate, there has to be something to do here. And this is so completely doable. Mm-hmm. And I've presented this idea before to people and some people will look at me like I've got 10 heads, like you're, you're a journaler. What's up with that? You know, and I, but I tell the story of my son, because if, if a boy that didn't like himself because of the way he was wired in the womb, if this can 
be the the vehicle that helps him to learn how to know he's loved. I mean, it's something that's pretty special. That aside, when you go look at scripture and then you understand that you have all these inspired writers pouring their hearts out. And some, if you, when you read the Psalms, there are some really raw moments. When you see people pouring their hearts out and you understand that all scripture is inspired by God, we can use those things. You know, God doesn't call it journaling. But Solomon said, write it on the tablet of your heart. Science is proven. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just because it wasn't called, that doesn't mean that's not what it was. And I'm, I fully believe that's what was going on. And we can use that today then to be effective and be a, a vehicle for us to, to achieve things that we want to in our lives. So it, it's a perfect thing to do for respite. I really, I really want to encourage your audience to give it a try. Though I, I think they'll like it. Two things came to mind while you were talking. The one was that, you know, it says in the beginning, it, the word was God. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Words are so important. Mm-hmm. And this is a balm through using the words of scripture itself. And then the other thing, there was one other thing that came to mind. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention, you know, during grieving, which when we even lose just the the dreams we have for our kids, that causes grief. We maybe haven't lost the kid, but we lost mm-hmm. the dream we had for parenthood or the dream we had for a child's well-being or the dream, you know, and there's grief stages that we walk through. And there have been times where I have said to my husband, you know, I kind of feel like today somebody rubbed sandpaper on my soul. You know, there's just it just feels really, there's just pain. Like I, and I don't always know how to deal with that. And so, you know, I talk to him, I pray, I do my own version of journaling that I um, have talked about before in the past. And, you know, it's funny because this just stands out to me as a way to, for less than the price of a box of Mm band-aids, literally put balm in a band-aid right on that raw soul, because it's really, truly through the word of God, using words Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool tim it's really cool yeah it and there's i'm thinking of a a psalm now since you said that um one of asap's psalms uh psalm 73 he is at a really dark place in his life because he sees all the prosperity of the people who are wicked this is how he puts it he said i see the wicked prospering i can't I can't deal with this. And he says, I'm about to give up. He's doing what I said. He's emptying the garbage. He's getting all these things out of his head. He, and he, he goes on in that Psalm to say, when I tried to understand this on my own, it was too hard until I went to the sanctuary of God. So he, he got all these negative feelings, negative emotions out of his head. Then he started to replace it to what he knew was true. And when he replaced it with what he knew was true, in other words, he replaced it with the truth in God's word. He ends this psalm going, okay, I can stay the course. I'm going to be okay. But he had to go through a process and he was going through that process, writing these things down and touching those feelings and putting that bandaid on. Like you said, he got to the point where he had rid his mind of all those things. Then he could replace it with those things that were going to encourage him and 
help motivate him to keep on keeping on. So again, there's so many Psalms like that. And there's so many different ways that the Psalms can be used. And that's just one example. Other scriptures can be used as well. But the Psalms have really impressed this idea on me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know now what I'm going to be focusing on this summer. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be Psalms and I'm going to go through this page of notes. And once I sort out this idea that came to mind while we were talking, I'll send you a picture of what I come up with. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Gosh, Tim, this is amazing. This is just so helpful. And I know it's going to bless so many people. Thank you for sharing all of this. My goodness. You're you're welcome. I, I wish I had come to this understanding much earlier in life, but it regardless, you since I saw what it did for my son and then found out what it has done for me, yeah, I want to share it to others. And so this is one of those things that I hope it can bless other people. I know it's blessed both of us. And so if it can bless you, then uh, even though it was a difficult thing that we went through as a family, uh, there's some, there's a silver lining here and it, it can work. Absolutely. So the, you know, the mom that's saying, Whoa, wait, I want to hear more from Tim. <laughs> we know that <laughs> your podcast anchors of encouragement on all the different mm-hmm. platforms, but is there anywhere else they should look for you? Or is that the best place? That is the best place. Really? Uh, I am on Instagram and I do have a Facebook group for adoptive parents. Uh, it's really, I, I try to be the gatekeeper in on that group to make it for adoptive parents. But it it would be for other parents who need that kind of encouragement. The thing is with with my podcast, even though I, I say it's biblical mindset support for adopted parents, a lot of these things could be biblical mindset support for special needs parents. Yeah. Because I, I've had more than one individual, even people without children saying, you know, these principles apply to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to uh, deny someone from the group if if they really want to to be an encourager. I mean, that's the whole idea of being an anchor of encouragement. We need people t- that become aware of the challenges adoptive parents go through. So you can be those encouragers, especially when it comes to respite, because you can be that person who can give them respite. So if your audience would be the Facebook group, I'll give you the link to that and you can have it in the show notes, but the, the best place is the podcast. And I talk a, a lot about things that, I found that we needed, and again, they transfer to most anybody, actually. I'm just applying them to adopted parents. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a lot about the stuff I do on our podcast, Mm -hmm. too. You know, Steve and I have shared all sorts of things that work for typical families and special needs families, but we feel like special needs families need to hear it even more because there's more at stake. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tim, thank you so much for being here today. This is such a gift. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. So uh, I hope it uh, something I've said has has landed and can really help anyone out there that needs some respite in their lives. Yeah, without a doubt, it will. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. One of the phrases that really resonated with me during this conversation was when Katie said we need a process for processing life. I believe journaling can be that process. I saw what it did for my son Johnny. I know what it's done for me. And I believe it can do the same for you. 
I want to devote more episodes going forward with this podcast on journaling. You can expect them on a regular basis. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.